The impact of the temporary closure of the Olimel hog slaughter plant at Red Deer will mean a backlog in the pork sector. Glenda Lee Allen Vossler had an opportunity to talk with the executive director for Alberta Pork, Darcy Fitzgerald, about the situation and the challenge it means for producers. With producers not being able to move animals to slaughter, what are their options? Number one is, which is expensive, but you know we sit and wait and feed pigs for, and I, I wouldn't think we get past too much farther than two weeks. So hopefully we're back up and running and can start shipping pigs um, by the end of this month. Um, and then the second option is that we we ship those pigs to another market, which is quite pricey again because it's a huge transportation costs. It, it would have to primarily be out, out of our, our region. Um, the, the third one is, you know, we start to look at reducing the number of, of baby pigs. And again, they would have to be shipped out to some other market where they could be looked after. And that just lessens the space requirements inside the barn uh, being pushed forward at the, to the, the, feed, the finishing side. And then the last uh, option that we would look at would be the euthanizing pigs that are in the barn uh, because that you know it, it's it's unfortunate but the way our system is set up and and it's kind of a just-in-time market um, you know as, as we progress past the two-week mark uh, for when when a pig is supposed to be shipped we have a backlog of pigs that are inside the barn to keep moving forward to get to that space that, that the finished pig is at and you can only imagine it's, you know, you've got a nursery where you have mums and the babies, and then the babies move to another another area of the barn and grow a little bit larger, and they keep progressing through the barn to bigger spaces. Their diets change, the temperatures in the barn change, the conditions change for them for their size. The mothers go back to where they were to be bred again, and, you know, and then move back through the system. And so you have dedicated space within the barn, and you really can't, change that um it's it's designed that way to be efficient and it's designed that way for for the best best conditions for the pigs um you know so if you do have to stop um you know it does create kind of a bottleneck at the at the end of the the process and that and we do have space requirements that we have to follow and we don't want to exceed those um so we do have to find homes for the pigs in our in a hurry Overall, final thoughts, key comments you would like to leave with people today? Yeah, I just, um, you know, our producers are trying to find um, avenues that they, they can move their pigs. They're facing uh, a, a lot of pressure right now uh, and a lot of cost. Um, feed prices, in the case of feed drains, are 50% higher than they were in the summertime. Uh, we're just seeing huge costs placed on producers. Um, you know, this cold weather hasn't helped out either. Um, and now we've got a plant that's closed down and, you know, we, we do appreciate though all the hard work that, um, you know, the folks at Ole Mill are trying to do. I mean, they voluntarily closed the plant to, for the safety of the workers. Um, I hope the workers, you know, um, can, can come back soon and, and get working there. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, COVID hits all industries. And, you know, I, I, I think when we have organizations like Ole Mill stepping up to, to safeguard their workers, I, I think we all should, uh, you know, give them a pat on the back for, for trying to do that. It's almost been a year uh, that that plant's been running with very good success, you know, so uh, they've done very well compared to others in the industry. I've been talking with Darcy Fitzgerald, the Executive Director of Alberta Pork. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen Vossler.
The president of the Canola Council of Canada, Jim Everson, spoke last week during Manitoba Canola Growers' annual general meeting. Here's a bit of that conversation. In the past few years, many of our concerns have been related to that third priority, to trade. And one of the most difficult continues to be the ongoing disruption of seed trade with China. We continue to urge the Canadian government to take all necessary actions to restore rules-based, predictable trade with China and to ensure all Canadian exporters are treated equally by the Chinese administration. We're also taking action to diversify our markets so we can be less reliant on a few big customers like China. One of the new opportunities we're pursuing right here in Canada is a growing market for renewable fuels. Canola is one of the best feedstocks available for biodiesel production. And with a new national clean fuel standard coming, it's an important chance to build a larger domestic market for canola. Alongside partners like the Canadian Canola Growers Association, we've been intensively lobbying the federal government to make sure that the clean fuel standard delivers for canola. If Ottawa gets this regulation right, we could see a domestic market of more than 2.5 million tons of canola seed, which is roughly the size of our exports, the size of our exports to Japan. And it would be a stable market removed from the shifting forces of world trade. When it comes to canola production here in Canada, we know we'll need to increase our canola yields if we want to fully capitalize on the growing demand and to increase profitability on your farm. To get there, we need to increase the productivity of every acre. There are many underutilized opportunities in this area. The Canola Council develops evidence-based advice on agronomic practices to help achieve these targets. And we work closely with your provincial commission to communicate this information to growers in the most useful and accessible way. We also partner with your provincial canola commission on research to support growers. The council's role is to coordinate and administer research programs leveraging government contributions to make grower dollars go further. We work closely with growers, researchers, and other stakeholders to identify the type of research most needed, ensure it is credible, evidence-based, and unbiased, and transform findings into best management practices that can be put into action on your farm. The council creates value for canola growers also through market development, promoting the unique qualities of canola to existing and potential customers. In 2020, we adjusted our programming to reach out to global markets through virtual platforms. We held seminars with the two largest feed companies in China, met with Japanese customer associations on two occasions, held seminars with dairy producers and feed compounders in the United States, and in early 2021, we'll host a virtual trade mission with South Korean customers. Our canola promotion work focuses on markets with realistic growth opportunity and is aligned with our market access strategies. Growers from each of the three Prairie Canola Commissions and the Canadian Canola Growers Association sit on the Canola Council board. Along with representatives from the grain companies and seed developers, they oversee the Canola Council's programs, supporting growers to maximize profitability and reduce production risk by providing growing supply of canola for global markets. Maintaining open access to markets, and creating differentiated value of canola through international promotion and education. That was Canola Council of Canada President Jim Everson speaking last week during Manitoba Canola Growers' annual general meeting. That's it for the Prairie Egg Wire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glendalee Allen Vossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Egg Wire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network.